Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Tell Me Sled Podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today is a man who is writing his Communist Manifesto, Andrew Rodriguez. How's it going, Andrew? I'm good. You know, we're going to try to have the whole, like, everyone owns this stuff, and less of the slave labor in the gulag stuff. I, I actually prefer it the other way around, because everyone owning everything hasn't worked out for anybody, but... You know, throw people in gulags, you start seeing results. That's what I think. And that's what Georgia Tech needs. Georgia Tech needs results going into the game against Louisville. Because I know that we have the same record as Louisville, but uh, I'm pretty sure we're underdogs in that game. So, I mean... We are. We are a five-point underdog at home. I know. It's not a great situation. And I think a lot of that has to do with the ridiculous amount of yards that Louisville consistently tends to put up. And we suck. And the fact that we suck. Yes, there is that. Um, Um, I mean, Louisville's got a 72.2% chance to win, according to ESPN's FBI. If Malik Cunningham is healthy, the Louisville quarterback who went out at the end of the pit game, if he's healthy, I don't really think it's going to matter because I think Louisville, more like 30, we're going to turn the ball over three times and lose about four touchdowns. I'm just curious to see how if our offense can get back off the ground because I really didn't I don't think much of Louisville's defense and if you look at the way certain teams have kind of walked all over them even even Pitt you know it's uh, I feel like we can hopefully get something going uh, especially on the run game Uh, we've only gotten 19 point we're averaging 19 points per game it's not it's not a great situation for us um, yeah, I, I think turnovers and penalties are going to be the big thing. I mean, that's obviously what shot, shot us in the foot, both really against UCF and Syracuse. So that's really been a question. And Jeff Sims, the problem is for every pick, it's not really his fault. You know, the two against Syracuse were they were batted out of his hand, which we actually saw some against UCF as well. He then throws like the horrible picks against Syracuse, and you're like, why did you try to make that throw? So you know, maybe the off the off week. Uh, Helped him a little bit and kind of recenter himself, but I don't really have a lot of high expectations. I honestly expect Louisville to cover the five point spread, but you know. I, I think I just need to see a showing of Georgia Tech where I just want to see Sims kind of get back out there and stabilize. That's really the highest hopes I got. Just don't make any terrible throws, and you know what? I'll I'll manage. Uh, I would like to see the defense step up, but you know, I I don't like you said. I don't have a lot of high expectations going into this matchup. Uh, with that said, I do kind of want to touch on what happened last week real fast before we kind of move forward. So just a few games I want to highlight. Uh, Iowa State and TCU are proving that the Big 12 isn't worth keeping track of. Uh, they, TCU took down Texas 33-31, and Oklahoma <laughs> with the second loss of the season against Iowa State. And Iowa State's trying to prove that you weren't wrong for picking them with the first week of the year. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. Does this just take the Big 12 out of the playoff t- uh, discussion entirely? I don't think so entirely. Because, again, you get a one-loss champion, they might be okay. Uh, I think the thing about Oklahoma is their inability to play defense has finally come home to roost. Uh, you know, they've been a team that's been able to win games because they can significantly score more than everyone else. But I, I think the Iowa State game kind of showed, well, now a lot of these Big 12 teams can score on the same level as Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma State's still undefeated. You know, TCU's got 
one loss. Texas is still two and one technically. So you know we'll kind of see what happens this weekend in the Red River Shootout. But I wouldn't count them out completely, just because you never know what's going to happen. And, and a one loss conference champion, I think, still does have a chance at the playoffs. But yeah, I mean Oklahoma's just not looking like our normal Oklahoma that we're used to. You know the defense is struggling even more than we expected. No. I mean, I, that's what surprised me. I guess Oklahoma, I was expecting to run away with it again this year, and they have uh, stumbled right out of the gates. And maybe it's the virus, but uh, who, who knows? I, it's just disappointing. Texas might be as back as they're going to get if they can make a run this year. After the uh, Red River rivalry this week, we'll take talk a little bit more about that in a second. Next game I wanted to talk about was North Carolina-Boston College. I'm sure you watched that one more closely than I did, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, your girlfriend, your wife, sorry, is a we are, UNC. We are technically married now, so. Yeah, is a UNC fan. But uh, I did want to point out, I mean, UNC held on there, but I think the big talk for this one for me was uh, Boston College, A, they really had a competitive game, and B, they did it without running the ball very much. Uh, Phil Jerkovic through the air, 313 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, so I was very impressed by Boston College, and they could be an interesting team moving forward. Uh, I think they're talking about the radio over here that the air raid could be a good recruiting tool for them up there. What do you think coming away from this matchup? Well, first of all, I don't know if they're an air raid team. Their offensive coordinator is Frank Signetti, so it doesn't really scream air raid to me. Um, they're also not in the gun nearly enough to really be an air raid team. But that's semantics. Yeah, they're really a surprise team in the ACC this year. A lot of a lot of media groups picked them to finish last, picked them to be at the bottom, and they're they're two and one. Some some you know decent wins and, and a close fought game against North Carolina. Uh, that's kind of the strange one. You know, North Carolina had the only turnover. They lost the time of possession. They were seven of twelve on third down. Uh, you know, it's just an interesting game where UNC just kind of made the plays they needed at the game. You know, they really just kind of look at it and go, well, you know, it was close, it was hard fought, and sometimes you make enough plays. Yeah, I I do think that UNC is going to continue their role. It, it does show some concern, but I'm not as bothered about the performance against USC as, as I am impressed by what Boston College was able to do. Oh, yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. I think it definitely shows us that Boston College is a lot better of a team than we thought they were going to be. Uh, especially with their upcoming matchups. I mean, they've got games against, uh, you know, Pitt, Virginia Tech, us, obviously, and then Notre Dame. That could be like a trap matchup against Notre Dame. I don't expect them to beat Clemson at Clemson, but getting Notre Dame at home at the end of the year, that could be a trap. We'll see what happens. Um, Anyway, uh, the last one, really, I – have some more I could talk about, but the last one I want to focus on is a coach who is near and dear to your heart. What happened uh, with Mike Leach and Mississippi State losing to Arkansas? I don't, I don't even understand this. Uh, they stuck to their strategy of going all out. Uh, now, is it okay for me to call them a air raid offense? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, Mike Leach is, you know, one person removed. Like he coached for How Mummy, who's kind of the godfather of the air raid you know so leach absolutely fits that category now i'm trying to look at it i mean they obviously turnovers might have played a factor but there was only one fumble by mississippi state and it 
Lisa looks like oh I don't know if the interceptions counts as from or to so uh, yeah Mississippi State had four turnovers that's that so was probably Costello yeah Costello threw three interceptions that's that's probably the problem then <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's what gets you you know unfortunately sometimes with a Mike Leach and he also threw a pick six so he threw a pick six they scored to tie the game and then it just got weird where everyone sucked and then Arkansas scored a touchdown and everyone sucked and Mississippi State threw another interception and then it was a one touchdown game at halftime and then both teams scored and then it was 21-14 the rest of the game I mean Arkansas turned the ball over twice you know Mississippi State threw it away four times and that's kind of what the problem is you know you're young and I mean Costello's a senior but it's his first year really running Mike Leach's offense so he's going to struggle sometimes and He's going to make some bad throws, which he obviously did here. My other question is, I don't know if Kylan Hill got hurt. Um, he was really kind of their, like their bell cow running back coming into the season. And I don't I don't know if he like he just he got hurt, so he didn't play a lot. Because he, he had you know, eight catches for 158 yards against LSU, so I mean, he played. So I just wonder if he, maybe he got hurt and that forced him to adjust the offense a little bit because he didn't trust the young backs as much. I, yeah, he only got one carry, so it's – but the problem is I didn't really pay any attention to that game. A, it was on the SEC Network, and B, I was expecting Mississippi State to run away with it. There were more – It wasn't even on SEC Network. It was on, like, SEC Network Extra. Yeah, that – that <laughs> whatever that is. Uh, so it was just kind of like how I didn't have the ability to watch it, and there were more important games at the time. And then I turn around, and it's like, how the hell did Mississippi State lose to Arkansas? That's like – Arkansas's first win in the SEC since what in four or five years? Twenty seventeen. Ugh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, so it sucks because Leach had finally garnered a lot of respect after his upset over LSU, and now he just kind of loses all that by some kind of weird loss at Arkansas. But it is what it is. He'll move forward, and I I do still think Mississippi State will be a challenge to some of the upper teams down the line, especially. Texas A&M as they kind of stumbled out of the gate. Yeah, I think I think this week against Kentucky will be will be an interesting one because they'll kind of because I think Kentucky's had some some struggles. They're 0 two this year, you know, losing to an Auburn team we don't think is as good as we thought they were, and then obviously a uh, an Ole Miss team with the lane train that we don't really know a lot about. So this week this weekend I think Mississippi State Kentucky will kind of give us a a good barometer on both coaches and both problems. Although apparently Kentucky's a two-point favorite and a 64.7 percent chance to win so i don't fully understand where they get these numbers from but i mean and fpi makes no sense to me especially when fpi is different than the spread so i will be watching if they can manage to bounce back and they can get on a roll against kentucky and a&m i don't expect them to beat alabama those games against auburn and georgia i would be really happy if they won those we'll I'd see be happy if they beat georgia I'm never going to be unhappy. Uh, any other games from you that you want to highlight before we move on to next week? I mean, uh, Air Force beat the shit out of Navy. Uh, I honestly saw that coming. I think we talked about it. And I know we weren't here yeah. last week, but Air Force only having to play two games this year really makes it a lot easier for them. It's kind that's of gonna be, that's going to be really fascinating too. Like that if Air Force, you know, if Air Force wins the CNC Trophy, <laughs> and that's the which Air Force fans will be over the moon. I mean, all they care about most of the time is the CNC, 
comes down to that Army Air Force game, because if Army wins, then Air Force can't win it. But if Air Force wins it, they win it, obviously. So, you know, that Army Air Force game uh, on November the 7th will be a, a really, really big one. That's going to be huge. I do think Army is a better team than... Uh, oh, I agree. But the uh, then I... I th- I would like to think them both, certainly the Navy. Uh, Air Force is kind of hard to gauge, but yeah. I don't know. It's We'll have to see because uh, there's a long road, at least for Army, between here and there. I don't know yeah. about Air Force. There is, and they don't play anybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can... Actually, no, I think, I think the Mountain West has come back, so I think they will end up playing okay. something. Okay, well, I, I was under the impression that every... every School, yeah, so they've got a full schedule. They'll play San Jose State and Boise State between Navy and Army. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So so there will be – Navy's going to be super pissed. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think I would give Army the edge in that matchup. Um, other than yeah. that, I do just want to uh, – I know you're probably not going to be thrilled about me saying this, but I do want to give a kudos to NC State for a very – Chaotic and interesting win over Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, I think I think that again ran to the problem is their offense is terrible. Dude, they put up like 411 yards through the air. I I did not expect that out of Pitt, but it still wasn't good enough. And NC State, on the other hand, I guess was just better at average overall. I don't even know what happened. That's just weird. It was just a strange game. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know how to say that. But, you know, NC State shit's kind of working in NC State's favor for once in a war in their life. Never again. You just changed it. And then uh, SMU took out Memphis. Uh, so Memphis, SMU is 4-0. And I do like the Ponies. Ever since, you know, Pony Excess, they've kind of started uh, to turn things. The team that I like, it's been fun to watch, is Coastal Carolina. They're quiet 3-0, and they play Lafayette this weekend. Ooh, that would be an interesting game. That's going to be a really good game. I really like Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Um, so anyway, let's move on to our key matchups this upcoming week. So obviously we've got our three uh, big ones that you brought up on the way in. Virginia Tech at North Carolina. We've also got Miami at Clemson. And, uh, well, which was the other one that you picked? Because uh, I know we had Texas and Oklahoma. Did you say Tennessee at Georgia? Was that the other one? I mean, Tennessee and Georgia is a ranked matchup. Uh, Florida and Texas A&M is a ranked matchup. I do not agree with Tennessee at Georgia, but we'll. I guess we can get into that in a bit. I mean, Tennessee's ranked number 14. So, you know, it's, Georgia's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> so, well. Yeah. So we can justify high rankings for the teams that beat them. Yeah, for the same reason, like why was Auburn ranked that high? Who the fuck knows? Auburn's but, still thirteenth, so go figure. Yeah, you know, I don't understand how it works. But anyway, uh, so I guess before we get into that, let's knock a few easy ones out of the way. Uh, Florida A and M, A and M almost made it look like it was going to be a game in the first quarter against Alabama. Well, it looked like they were going to pull at us and, like, implode. They had a couple of fumbles and a really weird, like, giving up a touchdown off of this weird, like, missed snap thing. And then they were like, oh, yeah, uh, we can score. And they ran away with it. I was kind of disappointed. I expected more out of A&M, especially on the offensive side. Too. 
And they just could not move the ball, man. I don't know what... Yeah, I, I kind of had A&M as one of my dark horse, um, you know, challenge teams this year, and they just regressed. I mean, Kellen Mond is not what we thought he was going to be. They're struggling all over the field. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of their games, so I can't really pinpoint where their issues are, but... Where's Artem yeah, when man, you need him? I expected him to be better. Yeah, where's Artem when you need him? Uh, all right. I guess the other uh, the other side of the bucket though, uh, Florida has really struggled in most of their matchups. They end up running away just because of the depth of talent they have at the end of the game. But early on, like really bad struggles against Ole Miss, it was it looked like a really close game. South Carolina had the lead a couple of times, and then it ended up like balancing out, and Florida ran away in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't, I. It pisses me off because I said the same thing about the Alabama-Texas A&M matchup. But, I mean, low-key, I think A&M could pull the upset here. I just – I can't find anything that would make me justify that statement. Florida, Florida, for all intents and purposes, has the better – the more talented team. And I don't really know what else to say about that. Do you yeah. have <laughs> – go ahead. Um, I mean, Florida should win the game. That's, that's pretty much the – I mean, that's, that's it. You know, they're the better team, I think. You know, Kyle Trask, you know, this Florida offense is probably one of the best Florida offenses we've seen in a long time. Well, Kyle Trask is good. His tight end is good. I, I mean, the defense, I think, has some questions. Defense has given up 471 yards game, you know, 320 yards passing. So that's that's definitely – they're actually giving up more yards per game than A&M is averaging per game. So that's really kind of fascinating. But – I mean, I think Florida should win it. They're a six-nine point favorite on the road at Kyle Field. There aren't fans in the stadium, I don't think. So, or there's a small amount. So, Kyle Field's not nearly as intimidating as it should be. But I, I think Florida will win it. I, they may do what you talked about. They may struggle early and kind of pull away late. But I've just been so let down with A&M this year. And it's, it's not even like the Alabama game. You know, Alabama's really good, so losing to them's not that big of a deal. But I mean, you lost fifty-two to twenty-four. Like, it wasn't a close fight the end kind of game. Well, and I remember them being a lot closer last year, and they brought back a lot of talent. And I was just kind of like, what happened? You didn't yeah. – you brought back I mean, all this were, talent. They were, really, they were a really young team last year, so I expected them to be significantly better this year. Yeah, and it just doesn't – it doesn't show for whatever reason. I don't know if they were just disorganized or struggling because, again, they just started the season essentially – and you're going in against Alabama. But whatever the excuse, it just did not work for Texas A&M. No, not at all. Uh, I guess, other than that, I really don't want to talk about Tennessee and Georgia, but I guess let's hit it really quick. Georgia looks really good, and I don't trust Tennessee. Tennessee, people keep hyping up Tennessee like like they're fucking Texas. Like they're back or something, and guess what? You're you're not back. You're not gonna be back for another like ten years. Give it a break. That's I I don't know what these people see. Like even the quarterback whose name I cannot pronounce, Garen Garen is that is that how it's pronounced? I believe so. It's pronounced Garantano. Yeah, I mean George is a twelve and a half point favorite. It's in Athens. You know they've kind of figured out that DUI lawyer turned quarterback Stetson Bennett fourth. <laughs> it's really the best guy kind of handling what they need to do. Georgia's going to want to run the ball. That's what they do. They play really, really good defense. I mean, this is – Georgia's 
had a good defense for a while, but this is a really good Georgia defense. So I, they're better than Tennessee. I mean, I think they're going to win. Uh, 12.5 is a lot to cover, but they're only giving up eight points a game. So I, I, I think they'll win. They probably will cover. I mean, Georgia, I mean everyone's circled that Georgia-Florida game anyway as kind of the East desire. I don't think this game will change that. I will say I just I'm looking at the roster now. I'm surprised that they have Tyson Chandler as a running back because I thought he was a basketball player. But uh, come to find out, isn't he a small forward? Man, he's an aggressive. He's an aggressive motherfucker. Who's this? Tyson Chandler, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Didn't realize you could play in the NBA and then play. You know. Well, he went back to get his graduate degree. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, I think those are the two big ones, unless you got another matchup you want to highlight. I'm not touching Florida State, Notre Dame, and I'm not touching Alabama, Old Miss. I know it's cute that we're doing the whole – I mean, there, there are some neat ACC matchups, NC State, Virginia, you know, Virginia coming off the loss to Clemson, NC State coming off the big win can, over can, NC over <laughs> – I do, I do want to highlight something that they did bring up on the radio today that I didn't think about. Are they trying to piss off the whole state of North Carolina by having the North Carolina game at 12, the NC State game at 12, the game at 12.30? Like, what the fuck, guys? Come on. I don't do week. I think Wake has a bye week. Yeah, Wake's got a bye week. Although Duke is terrible. Low-key, watching the Duke-Syracuse game just to see Duke choke again. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, hey, hold on. Duke's a two-point favorite at Syracuse. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. They're Duke, 0-3. Duke, Duke, Duke has more turnovers this season than Georgia Tech does. It's, they're, Duke, Duke is terrible. Like, low-key. not good this year. <laughs> we could actually win that game. No, 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 no. You shut your mouth. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, BYU's 3-0 in 15th country. They should beat UTSA pretty handily. Um, I'm just trying to scroll through. Uh, Marsh- Boston College, you know, that'll be a good one. We talked about how good we think Boston College is. Marshall, uh, Western, Kansas Kentucky. Kansas State, TCU. Yeah. Kansas State, TCU. Yeah, that actually could be a interesting one because Kansas State upset Oklahoma, TCU upset Texas. That could be an interesting, like, to see who can kind of – get the lead in the Big 12. Did the Coastal Carolina game get canceled this, this week? I don't. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I don't know. I oh, thought maybe it, it's next week. Maybe I'm just dumb. I was about to say, I thought it was a bye week for them. No, it's Wednesday. It's next Wednesday. What the so fuck? It's a weekday game, Coastal Lafayette. You can't. Okay, sure. I mean, at least yeah, nobody I'm else sorry. is. Sorry, listeners, I lied to you. It, it's going to be in the middle of the MLB playoffs. That's really sucks. Uh, I don't care about baseball. Uh, I'm, a young, I'm a young millennial. Baseball is meaningless to me. Yeah. Okay. You're turning into uh, what's his name? Our alumni. Chuck. Doug. Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, that's it. Chuck. Fuck Chuck. He's such a dick. I actually <laughs> do like baseball. I'm just not really paying attention to it. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other. Yeah. There's really not any. Yeah. Red River shootouts this weekend, but. Well, I mean, I think there are certainly some interesting matchups. I just don't know that it's worth like a super in-depth detail. Like, I think, Uh, I think Texas. Watch some option football. The Citadel is playing at Army. 
Uh, oh yeah, that was the that was one that I wanted to highlight specifically for you. I was like, I think Andrew would like that matchup. That game's gonna take like two hours. <laughs> well, that's why like, they. What is the over under on passing attempts? In case in case you haven't noticed, that's why they put it at one thirty. So it'll be over at three <laughs> thirty. Um, <laughs> I would actually, you know what? I, you know, given my recent gambling addiction, that might be something I bet on. Um, but yeah, I mean, Texas Tech at Iowa State could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, let's move on. We're going to go ahead and get to the highlight matches. So starting off, Virginia Tech at North Carolina. I mean, uh, it's tough because I want to say that North Carolina has the advantage for being at home. But as you pointed out earlier, with no fans in the stand, I don't think anybody really has the advantage. Both of these teams are pretty excellent right now. And I think uh, we're they're dealing with that matchup predictor versus money line thing on ESPN. But, um, I mean, I think the bottom line is I think Virginia Tech has come out uh, with a much more impressive offense, whereas defensively UNC has been – very stable, and I think that's kind of going to be the highlight, which you know likely means that they'll both score like fifty points or something somehow. My my big question is about Virginia Tech is they really play Duke and NC State, but NC State might be mediocre. Duke's terrible. Um, Virginia Tech has had like a ton of coronavirus, uh, like guys sitting out, like they were missing a bunch of secondary there against Duke, but because it's Duke, it doesn't really matter. So I think that'll be interesting if they kind of hit their first real opponent. Because if they're that depleted against the North Carolina team, that's obviously really talented on offense. Uh, I can see this going getting real ugly real quick. Well, I don't think North Carolina will blow them away. But I do – what I'm looking at specifically is Virginia Tech has been very focused on the run game. I guess because they don't really trust their quarterback at the moment. I, I don't – I'm just throwing stuff out there. I, I haven't watched a lot of their games. But UNC has really been dominant on rushing defense. So I, I think that'll be kind of the key matchup is can Virginia Tech find a way to run against North Carolina and then find a minimal success in the short passing game to kind of move it downfield when they need to. I, I you know, as much as I don't think they have an advantage, really, North Carolina has been very impressive overall with their control of the game and their overall confidence. And I think this will be a game that I don't expect them to run away with, really. But I think they could get a 10-point win if everything goes their way, certainly. So I don't know. I don't know if you've got a different opinion about what needs to happen in the matchup, but that's that's how I see it. I mean, I think turnovers are always going to play a role. Like you said, North Carolina hasn't played really good defense, and the offense isn't what we saw last year, so it may be still some growing pains with some, some additions on the offensive line. And like I said, I think Virginia Tech's health and who's able to play is going to be a huge part of it too. Because I think if they're missing the same number of guys in the same spots they're missing against Duke and NC State, I, I absolutely can see North Carolina running away with this game. Well, time will tell. I mean, and yeah, I guess the obvious Virginia Tech hasn't played very much of anybody. Which again leads me back to like, why are they ranked that high? But eats the fuck out of me. Anyway, um, so so... The way we got next on the list, we've got the Red River Shootout, Texas at Oklahoma, both teams. I guess Texas is now the one since you kind of picked them out. 
that has to prove that they deserve to win the Big 12 and be in a playoff spot. Oklahoma already having lost two, I don't know what they would have to do to make it into the playoffs. I guess just a lot of hope. Beat everybody by 50 and then have a bunch of other teams lose. Yeah, I mean, have teams kind of beat up on each other. This is another fun game where OU is a two-point favorite, but uh, football power index has Texas winning 67%. So, I, um, I want to believe in Texas. Um, I believe this is a neutral side. It's supposed to be every year. I don't know. It's Dallas. It's at Dallas at the State Fair, usually. Yeah, it's but the, I... Yeah, it's at the Okay, okay. Because I wasn't sure how the whole COVID thing had affected it. But generally speaking, both of these teams are very similar. They've got similar offensive numbers. I mean, with a little bit more passing on Oklahoma's side. And they've got similar defensive numbers with a little more run defense on Oklahoma's side. But, I mean, both of these teams are very talented. I might give it to Ellinger just because he's got more experience at the quarterback slot, I'm pretty sure. I don't at least I don't remember Spencer Rattler having a lot of experience. Yeah, he's a freshman. Dude, yeah. his hair is freaking wicked. Yeah, if you want to learn more about it, he's on a season of QB1 on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Huh. Really cool show. Uh, they kind of follow around a couple of high school quarterbacks for the season. Um, Rattler does not come off well. <laughs> he looks he like him. definitely comes across like just a complete pompous douche. He kind of looks like a nut job in his picture. Yeah, like he comes, he does not like the, he does not come across really well in the series. But it's, it's a really good series. There are three seasons, um, but they're they're really fun to watch. All right, well I'll have to check it out. But yeah, I, I, think, I think Texas is going to win it. I just I just feel that I like what I've seen from them more than what I've seen from Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma's really great defensively, as we kind of saw. So. Would you be willing to say that Texas is back if they win it? You know, every time I say that, <laughs> they end up not being. They end up losing to, like, freaking Kansas. That's <laughs> probably fair. I would be entertained if Les Miles loses all of his games except against Texas, and he just dude, crushes dude, them. Les Miles tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, no. That's all that grass he's eating. I don't know what. <laughs> I also think Kansas is still winless. Uh, pretty sure, yeah. I'm just saying, if they lose all their games and then somehow and they only beat Texas, only beat Texas <laughs> then that would be that would be hilarious. As Kansas is 0 and 3 with losses to Coastal Carolina, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Uh, fortunately, they're on an off week this week, so they can't lose. Yeah, no more embarrassment. Uh, now, ironically enough, I will be at. Uh, I'll be at, uh, what's it called, fucking Oktoberfest for both of those games. Which is a shame because I think they'll be kind of interesting. But, eh. You guys doing Oktoberfest this weekend? Uh, there's like a one festival downtown. that We rent, we rent it out of separate tables so we won't be like infected theoretically. But, nice. Yeah, we were supposed to have like a small one this weekend in Nashville. But apparently the hurricane is going to make it rain a lot. So they decided to, uh, and that, to not have it. Yeah, not in the fun way of making it rain, where there's, like, dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Uh, no, this is actual, like, rain. Well, that sucks. Mm. Um, so I guess our last key matchup, which I really don't see being much of a matchup, but Miami, ranked number seven, going into Clemson. Uh, yeah, this one's a weird one to me, because I think Miami's actually really good this year. 
I like what I've seen from them. Uh, they're a 14 point underdog at Clemson, but that's just because Clemson is so incredibly good. And I think this is a weird game to me because I don't think Miami has to win to make a statement. I think that, I mean, a win obviously would be incredible for Miami. But if this is a close game into the fourth and, you know, Clemson wins on a field goal or Clemson wins late and Miami competitive the whole game, I think that almost is big of a deal for Miami as a win because it, it allowed them to say, hey, you know, we may not be Clemson, but, man, we're close. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games where I'm kind of torn. I feel like it would give the ACC some credit um, to have Miami come in and win this matchup uh, to be like, hey, there is another team in here that is almost as good as Clemson. At the same time, yeah. we'd probably take away our playoff and, spot. Well, and it's a team like Miami where, you know, they've got the, the history and the cachet of we expect them to be good. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, that's a whole, we could spend a whole podcast about how much I hate that. Uh, but, yeah, with with know. with that said, it, it is Miami, and yeah. I, I, with all respect to our friends who enjoy the Miami football, and with the Miami fans out there, they are such cocky bastards when they're, they're good. I fucking hate that attitude they have. Well, it's I mean it's it's the same argument you always hear. You know, the ACC is only going to be good when Florida State and Miami are good. I'm like, well. No, what if what if Wake Forest gets good? You know, what if Boston College gets good? Like, to me, winning the games on the field should matter more than what jersey you're wearing. Well, theoretically, I mean, I think it would be great if UNC continues the road it's on. You'll see UNC get there. Miami gets good. That causes some chaos in the coastal, of course. Uh, the problem is the Atlantic. I don't see anybody coming out of there. I mean, maybe in a I few. Mean, Florida, Florida State's the best. Florida State, maybe Louisville. Are the two that I would think of. I would think Boston College maybe down the road. And then if Notre Dame somehow works their way in, yeah, I guess I mean, that's a possibility. The, the Notre Dame's always the weird one. I, I want them to – yeah, there's there's too many logistics to go into that during this podcast. But, yeah, I mean, theoretically it would be great to have them involved. Um, But, yeah, I mean, again, I think – I'm torn because I think this is a game. I've seen games like this where it's like, oh, it'll be close theoretically, but Clemson's probably going to walk away with like a 17 point win, realistically. Um, they're yeah, just. I mean, I, I can see that. Again, I, I think it's, you know, I think, I think Miami has a great chance to make a statement, and they don't necessarily have to win to make that statement. Well, it just, it just sucks because, I mean, it's not a knock against Miami. Miami, as you pointed out, is a really good team. The problem is that Clemson is one of those teams that they're just so – I think we talked about this last year where it's like some teams are just so heads and tails above yeah. everyone else in the league, and Clemson is one of those teams this year. There will probably be another one of those teams in the SEC, if not two, which will probably be Alabama and Georgia. And then maybe Ohio State. I, we got to figure out – Big Ten's got to get in, and we'll have to see how they play. But, I mean, I would imagine Ohio State will probably be – in that same category. Um, but yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean, I absolutely think Ohio State will be in that category in the Big Ten. Well, I mean, they're going to play a few games. We'll see. I am a – that'll have to be a conversation for another cast, but I'm still interested to see how the Big Ten is going to work in the fact that they're only going to play like eight games maybe. 
and then somehow try right. to be like, we're, 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 our team deserves to be in the playoff, yada, yada. So, I mean, if Ohio State wins each game by 30, then yeah, I think they set up an argument. Uh, I think what's really cool, I do like how the Big, the big Ten is doing their like championship weekend where like all of crossover finishes will play each other. So like number one in the East will play number one in the West and like number two and number two and number three and number three. Like I think that's really cool. Oh, that's neat. I really like that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I wish conferences would do that just in general. Um, and I have a feeling the bot is just going to be a Rutgers revenge. <laughs> Probably. Like <laughs> Rutgers, and then they just uh, they pull Wyoming out of nowhere. And you're just like, well, then, I don't um, think Wyoming's... St. Uh, John's Bosco is a really, really good high school program. And they <laughs> It's like they pull in North Dakota State, and they're like, I'm pretty sure they're not in the Big Ten. And they're like, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, then North Dakota accidentally wins the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. But anyway. All right, man. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Do you got anything else before we wrap up? Um, Highlight. I wish Georgia Tech was better. <laughs> well, gee, thanks, thanks okay, for that. Man, man. It makes you feel better. I've already, like, moved on to who I want to Really? Who's that? Uh, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Do you think Jeff Collins is sus? Because, like, I think I saw uh, him. I thought, I thought Jeff Collins was sus the moment we hired. <laughs> okay. I saw him bent into his. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, all I know is that he didn't take trash any time for his press conference. So give uh, okay, sorry. Give me the argument for your new guy. I I I was too busy uh, thinking of Among Us references. <laughs> Jeff Collins just yet because I do think he is trying his best on the recruiting front but I don't know what he's his talent his on the field talent has not delivered thus far well and then um, a lot of his game management I have some questions with a lot of the, the discipline with the program and we had like 14 penalties against Syracuse the, the and, time, they, and they weren't and they were procedure penalties you know they were false starts they were illegal formations like they were just dumb penalties well the time management I've always kind of questioned I, I forget what game it was last year but it's like you you have got to run the time run the clock better than whatever he's doing right now. I mean, against UCF, we got the first down. There's like a like a minute forty left. We had multiple timeouts, and he clocked the ball. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You just burn it down. It, you know, now, yeah. to be fair, we didn't score a touchdown later in that drive, so you, you can't be like big mad about it. But I still thought it was just really poor. Yeah, I don't fully understand his. Uh, I'm trying to think of a different word than logic. I don't understand his play calling, his strategy. Let's go with strategy yeah. most of the time, and uh, and it's a really yeah, hard. You know, I was I was really confusing at Syracuse. Syracuse brought a lot of early in the game. They brought five and six pretty consistently, and we saw almost no running back screens. You know, we didn't really see a lot of quick hits. We didn't see a lot of really anything. 
to, you know, we didn't see a lot of backs in protection to try to chip guys. Like, uh, well, it's, it's not just... Well, and it's not just from a you know play calling standpoint because you're right; it would have made sense to call those plays. But it's also from a getting your freshman quarterback confidence standpoint. Like if you call a screen, screen's an easy play. You know, you either throw it to the running back or you kind of like kneel forward and just drop. You know, there's nothing to it, and that'll get your guy quarter confidence when you make an easy completion. Instead, you got him throwing downfield into traffic and just making bad decisions. Like, after a couple bad decisions, just like, oh, come on, just let him complete a short pass for the hell of it. We we ran the ball really well. And, you know, like, I think it's just that I'm a simple kind of guy. But but I'm the offensive coordinator where I'm going to keep – if you can't stop what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing it and make you stop me. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I'm power O all the way. Shit, man. You know, I was watching – Because they want to feel like they're getting paid for something. I mean, that's the same thing that I run into. This is not like a football thing, but this is something I run into at my job where you generate a bunch of sheets and the sheets have to get signed by like five or six different people. So it gets reviewed by the first five and then it gets to quality. And quality feels like they have to find a mistake in everything you do uh, because otherwise they're getting paid for sitting around and doing nothing. So then they'll come back with a bunch of comments that are like, oh, well, I just didn't like how this was worded. Well, what do you mean? Like, I just, like, it, it means the same thing when you word it your way. Why is this any different? Because we got to say it your way because otherwise you're not getting paid for nothing. Anyway, that turned into a rant about my job. Uh, so, yeah. Mine's actually not too bad. Last week was miserable because I spent the whole time setting up Christmas displays. <laughs> and I started to think, you know, maybe the Grinch was onto something. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe humanity wants the virus all along. I yeah. mean, maybe The Walking Dead's right. Humanity's the real villain. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> did, you, did you ever get a chance to watch, to listen to that, uh, talking about a different podcast, that podcast about rent on the musical side? Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Maybe, maybe art is bad. <laughs> maybe art was a terrible invention. Maybe it was just bad. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. Um, I do just want to say I'll give a shout out. I hope uh, Alabama came off looking really well off their first challenge of the season. I hope they continue to move forward and they beat Georgia in a few weeks. And, yeah, uh, it would be nice. Yeah. And uh, I think Boston College, if Pitts, Pittsburgh coming on the road to Boston College, I would really like to see Boston College uh, – Get the win in that matchup. Uh, I want to see... Yeah, I, I don't like pit fans. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they could eat something. I don't well, know what it would be. Too. Like, but, I always hate them because for years they talked about how like, they dominated Georgia Tech and only won by a field goal. It's because their field... But to be fair, their field goal kicker was very good at winning <laughs> winning on the last kick of the game. Yeah, it was. You know, but like, oh, they, you know, they won because of a weird deflected interception. Like, they 
last year. And so that's what bothered me. Is they're like, oh, we don't. And I'm like, no. No, you didn't. You're an idiot. But for me, it's more like I just want to see Phil Jerkovic continue to be successful because he's put up some really good numbers. And yeah, I've, that tight end's really good too. Uh, Hunter Long? He's real good. Yeah, he's pretty good. I need to remember him for fantasy next year. And, uh, but yeah, I think that's all I've got. Uh, Andrew, anything left before we close out other than you wish Georgia Tech didn't suck? No, that's really all I got. All right. Well, then we're going to close it out. Thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in, and y'all have a good rest of your week. Good night, everybody.